All right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops. I'm your host, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you a special guest today, uh, Pippa Grant, who is a contemporary romance writer. Welcome to the show, Pippa. Thank you. Hi, Nathan. Good to be here. Oh, it's, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I've had some of your co-conspirators in crime on before from the, your Blue Water Billionaire series, and I just had a blast, and, I, and we, we talked about They're you a awesome. lot, but had to get Uh-oh. you on the show as well. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm excited to have you on. For people who aren't familiar with you, could you maybe um, give folks the the brief rundown of of what you write? Um, I write contemporary romantic comedies that are so funny that they will make you stream tears down your leg. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) they're a little steamy. And um, I know we're going to get into this, but Pippa Grant is my second pen name. I started with, um, I started writing as Jamie Farrell initially about six and a half years ago. And I call Jamie my learning pen name, and then Pippa is my successful pen name. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's fair. It's like so we, sometimes you need a, a starter run-up. What got you initially into writing? Um, where'd you come from? What was your background before? Oh, gosh, I've wanted to write since I was eight years old, and I married into the military when I was 22, and I didn't know anything about military life, and I gave up a career as an engineer to go follow my husband around the world, and so... When I couldn't find a job right away, I turned to writing sort of a self-therapy, and that gradually yeah. evolved into writing romance novels, and now, like, so many years later, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, when was that? When did you first get into the, to the writing scene? Um, I have been writing for about 18 years, oh, wow. and I've been publishing for six and a half so okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been around You've since been before indie publishing was a thing. I mean, yeah. I did the whole query route with agents and editors mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And about the time that I was querying the book of my heart, Southern Fried Blues, um, which is a, a Jamie Farrell title. I love that book. Um, yeah. I was getting rejections from agents and editors that were saying, this is fantastic. I love it. It's awesome. But it's not the next Fifty Shades of Grey because I'm quirky and happy and funny. And that's yeah. like the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from 50 yeah. shades of gray but yeah. that was the validation i needed and so i decided to go the indie publishing route and here i am that's fantastic and it is um i think it's important that you knew your brand back then that you weren't mm-hmm. going to say okay i need to turn around and try to write something darker and grittier and try to write 50 shades no. of gray. um you were smart enough to know like nope here's my course <laughs> and it's just carve a new path yeah. where there isn't one yet but we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna go there anyway and sure enough now there is a path there is, there yeah. is. And now, like, I think they would classify Fifty Shades of Grey as a romantic comedy because romantic comedy is a hot buzzword. They'd be like, nah, back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different end of the spectrum, at least. If it's comedy yes. for the bad writing, I don't know, like, what, what's what's the comedy part? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm not, I, can't, I can't knock it. It makes bazillions of dollars. It does. I, I cannot it does. criticize. So, and a lot that of book touched people, people in certain ways and it, it created a rabid <laughs> fandom. And like I said, I'm light and fluffy and yeah. I need to read that sort of thing for my own inspiration. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I stick. That's that's my pool. <laughs> and I love your your brand. Uh, it's one of the things I want to talk to you about today because like mm-hmm. even on your website, it's it's bright, it's colorful, your, your covers yeah. are, are, are beautiful. Thank you. Um, but your blurb and your writing copy uh, is even more fun. Um, you're full of puns and it jokes, yeah. and it's just like you know, reading this blurb, that you're gonna have a good time with this book. <laughs> That's um, the goal. How long did that All take to it. develop? Was that there from the beginning, or did you kind of have to find your voice? 
I, you know, honestly, I think that I was stifling my voice when I was trying to break in with traditional publishing because I always felt like I was a little too quirky. Mm. And I delineate the difference between my Jamie Farrell books and my Pippa Grant books that like the first Pippa Grant book I wrote, that was the moment that I just let go. And I let go of the fear and I let go of the worry that somebody was going to judge me or that my mom was going to read the book and be horrified by the number of times I dropped the F-bomb. And yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? This is what sells. You know, I was looking yeah. at like the strong alpha male who works out all the time and has women falling all over him and like different tropes that worked in the romance genre. And I was like, fine, I will write that, but I'm going to put my own twist on it and I'm going to have fun. And I wrote the first Pippa Grant book in 20 days from the moment it struck me in the shower, the whole plot line to the moment I sent it to my editor and said, do you think I should publish this? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was so fun. It was amazing. Like my kids were home the whole time. They were on summer break. We had just moved from DC to Ohio and they didn't have anything to do and they didn't know anybody. So they were bouncing off the walls and I was like, go away, go away. Mommy's writing. And it was, yeah. it was I just unplugged myself and I let go of all expectations that anybody would ever read it. And I had so much fun. And that, that book is actually the reason I, well, I had met Lucy score a few months before that. Mm -hmm. And she said she'd read an early copy and she promoted it like crazy to her fan group. And I think that that, her giving me her endorsement is what launched my whole Pippa brand into being as successful as it is. Like oh, she gave fantastic. me that, that launch pad and it was just amazing. So yeah, Lucy's super cool for a hundred different reasons, but that's just, one yes. More. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, we were, yeah, lo love her. So, um, yeah. And the brand obviously works like you, you knew what was selling. Um, mm -hmm. and, was there a lot of transition out of for like, okay, did you have to make some shifts of like, okay, this isn't really what I want to be writing, but did, was it a big transition to like going for the market? It wasn't big. I think that I had all the pieces previously. Mm -hmm. I just needed to really, I needed to do two, three things. One was quit stifling myself. If I wanted to make whatever kind of joke, if it was out there, I knew my editor would pull me back if it didn't make sense. Right. Um, and so just let myself go, let go of the expectations and the fear and just be like, this is what I want to write. Um, the second thing was embracing tropes. So in the romance genre, tropes are huge. Like mm. it's so much easier. The first really big breakout book that I, Pippa Grant book that I had, um, it was a book, I can tell you what it's about in like six words, a rock star kidnaps a runaway bride. Like every single one of those tropes other than a and the, it's, it's all a trope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so just learning to embrace those things that, um, that readers recognize to make it easy to sum it up, sum up very quickly. Like you've got your main, your main players and your conflict and what makes it sound like fun, right? All yeah. there in like six words. So learning that was fun. And then the branding was the other thing that I had to learn to do. And I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And so that's where I reached out. Um, to some people that I knew in the industry and made some connections and hired people to help me there. So yeah, and that's something I definitely want to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we can come back to that as far as like who your team yep. is and how you found your team, because I think that's mm -hmm. an important piece of the puzzle. Um, Absolutely. But I want to talk about this tropes and and um, commonalities things because when I look at your mm -hmm. your books, there's a lot of them obviously, but they you're not looking at things that you haven't seen before. I mean, firefighters, no. hockey players, mm -hmm. um, big alpha male types and, and mm -hmm. you know, billionaire, all this stuff is puzzle pieces that we've seen before. They are, but we're putting it together with something that's uniquely yours, which is your yes. voice that definitely comes through over top of all that. And, and your, mm -hmm. your brand kind of supersedes the puzzle pieces yes. to the point where it's okay. 
you're going to get all these common things you've seen, but in a new way that's uniquely yours. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I have, I have several several questions in my head about this, but but yeah. but that that one I want to you know kind of keep at this at the top of like mm-hmm. some of the question, but it's it's where we're where we're headed. So you take how do you choose first of all like which um, do you do you start with your characters or do you start with the trope? Um, how do you usually start building this this type of story? I am such a character writer. Okay. I will have a character in my head. Um, I mean, like my my hockey players, they were characters in my head before I had any idea. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even going to write hockey characters. Yeah. <laughs> I just I I introduced my first two hockey players as throwaway characters in a book because I just wanted like big goofballs who were like overbearing oafs to their little sister that they didn't want dating their best former best friend. Um, And readers demanded their stories. And I was like, Oh, I better learn something about hockey and figure out what these guys stories is. And so I took their basic personality traits and tried to figure out what would be a good trope to toss them into. Mm. And I've gotten better at this as I've gone along. And I still sometimes forget to look at the tropes, but it makes it so much easier to sell a book when you can tell a reader what it is in like one short sentence. Yeah. And Um, and when you have something like a sports figure, like we can already attribute certain things to them. Yes. Right out of the box. Yes. You can. Which you should explain your shirt for those people who are watching live. I know you have. Yeah. I'll stand up here and show off my shirt. This is my Copper Valley thrusters. This is my made up hockey team. He is a rocket powered bratwurst. (laughs) I call him thrusty. He has his own Facebook page that my assistant keeps updated with fun stuff about hockey romances and and other fun mascots. I love him. It's hilarious (laughs) and amazing that you have your own hockey character mascot. Um, with branded clothing, they can go with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, and I've got a baseball series coming up, so stay tuned. You? Oh yeah. <laughs> with some you know, double entendres, some more, some more dirty mascots we can look forward to. It's hard to top a rocket-powered bratwurst. Let me just put that kind of out there. I don't think I've succeeded in topping a rocket-powered bratwurst, but I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that you have fun, especially your titles. Your titles are amazing. Like when you sit Thank down, you. And, when you when you sit down and think about the title of the book, like do you just start with sexual puns and just sort of like Sometimes. <laughs> swap them around and see what matches? Sometimes it's yeah. difficult. It's yeah. Um, there have been some books that my, my team and I will toss around titles for months. Yeah. Like I, I just announced the title of a book that I have coming out in May. And let me tell you, we've spent the last six months debating this title and I kept resisting it because I was like, no, no, other people have used that title before, but it is just so right yeah. for the book. We're calling it jock blocked and it is, okay. it's so right for the book. Um, okay. and it's not original, but yeah, like beauty and the beefcake was one that we tossed around for weeks before we yeah. agreed on and some of them just come to me and some of them just do not <laughs> <laughs> there's i mean you have a lot of you know puck play on words you know yeah. charming is puck i thought was clever that um, one was fun yeah you've got a lot of just really fun stuff you know like um hosed you know like these yeah. are these are catchy little things master mm-hmm. baker of course which we should mention master baker we should mention master baker <laughs> You have, um, you said that people, people don't get the puns. I've had people, I've had people message me and say, I picked up master Baker three months ago when I read it then. And it was hilarious, but I just now realized the pun in master Baker. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. You know, (laughs) 
but, you know, when you read it, instead of saying it out loud, I think it makes a difference. Yeah. So it's like, I think there's a game like that where people have to read nonsense words and what people actually hear is different. I've played that at the ballpark. Like they do. They, they put that. They put words up on the on the big screen and like yeah. in between innings at minor league games locally. And you're like, you're yeah. saying it out loud and trying to figure out what the phrase is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's it's like your your titles fit into that category now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Obviously, for your your branding works that way. You know that it's going to be funny just based off the title, which I think is is huge. <laughs> that if you have a clever punny title, you're already setting the tone. Are. And you of are. course, and of course, you've got a lot of man chest on your covers. So there's some <laughs> some tonal like, if you don't know what you're getting into by the time you get hit the blurb, like yes. you should you should have yes. picked up on these things by the title and the cover. But then when you get to the blurb, obviously you do some fun things as well when you just mm-hmm. kind of overtly state what people are going to get. Yeah, um, my little down. paragraph at the very bottom of all, all my blurbs. I yeah. I don't remember where I got that idea. It's not original, but I really, I have so much fun with that because it's just that last little bit to be able to say, you're going to have fun with this book and it's mm-hmm. going to be a sexy romance between two people that you would never expect to be together, but who are perfect for each other and I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah, I basically just sum it up in like plain English, what you're mm-hmm. going to get. And I, I, I saw it on the other Blue Water Billionaires books as well because you guys kind of all did that across the board. I did. Yeah. Um, but that was something you've been doing all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started it with, um, with Mr. McCotty, which was mm-hmm. my first, um, my first Pippa Grant book. And it, <laughs> that book had so many awesome things in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just pressed all those boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. I think it's interesting because, um, Contemporary romance, especially steamy contemporary romance, mm-hmm. is one of these things that's probably one of the least PC genres mm-hmm. um, in terms of like it's it's overtly sexual. Not that that's not PC, but just right. objectification is not necessarily a thing that's like necessarily popular. But it is in romance. Was that it, a, was that a struggle? It it is to a point. Um, the way I deal with it myself is that I make sure that my characters are very well-rounded whole mm-hmm. people who aren't just sexual objects inside. Yeah. Um, my favorite is when people are like, I really didn't think I was going to like so-and-so's book because he is such a jerk in this book. But then I found out what makes him tick and now I love him. And I'm like, yep, job done. <laughs> is it- my least favorite is when people are like, your heroine was so mean. I'm like, you wouldn't say that if it was the hero acting like that. <laughs> yeah, there's some misogyny that goes around. It's it's a double standard. That's sure. my book. I mean, that that's universal <laughs> across all romance genres, all of them. Why are oh. why are jerks popular heroes? I think I think it's a couple things. I think one of them is that strong alpha, like take no prisoners males, you know that they're going to be good protectors. And so like on an evolutionary level, they speak to the women who would stay behind and be like the gatherers. <laughs> they know that like, he's not going to let the saber tooth tiger attack you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know how much of it is the whole idea that like women sometimes want to rescue the men and show them that it's okay to have feelings. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, it works. I think it, it fits into like some sort of basic psychological need. I know you've heard Jennifer Barnes speak. I have. Yeah. And she's yeah, amazing. I have too. I would love to hear her take on that actually, because yeah. I would imagine she has, she's, um, 
for anybody who doesn't know her, she talks about the psychology of fiction and the psychology of fandom. She's a young adult writer and a professor yeah. of psychology. Cognitive and, scientist, yeah. Yeah, and I think that she would have a lot of insights into why that works so well. But I do, I think it's hardwired into us in some ways because it's so funny how men can do things in romance novels that the women could never get away with. Mm-hmm. And that's, kind of one, that's one of the things I love to push boundaries on because I'm known for being funny, right? And so I can put in the super strong, obnoxious female characters because it just gives a foil to the man. And even if somebody doesn't necessarily like the female character, they're going to have such a fun time with the rest of the book that they're not going to care. That's my goal. Yeah. So, I mean, I have, I have a heroine who's a vomit comet pilot and I adore her and yeah. love her. She's such a badass. <laughs> that is a really cool job. Um, I think it's interesting. I think anything that creates friction in mm-hmm. between two characters is going to be good. And obviously, mm-hmm. attitude conflicts definitely yeah. fall into that category. Mm-hmm. And if someone being a jerk naturally creates friction, it does. Um, especially Enemy lovers is one of the most popular tropes. In yeah, romance, I think which is funny because then, like the next one that people list is friends to lovers, which wouldn't have a lot of conflict. But yeah, you wouldn't think. Um, yeah. yeah, how do you how do you rank your your tropes like? Because I'm curious, is there like a list somewhere that romance authors like these are the most popular tropes, like cause they sell the mass the most? Do you know I watch you? I watch the charts to see yeah. what's trending. Um, I occasionally friends who have big followings on social media will ask people what's your favorite trope and it's funny you start to see the same one cycling over and over and over again like fake relationship is big enemies to lovers is big friends to lovers is big brother's best friend is big boss romance is big just those those tend to go places and do things because there's a lot of i think inherent conflict just in those yeah i say there's not a lot of conflict in friends to lovers but there is that risk of what happens if we take this step into becoming romantic and then it doesn't work we can't go back to being these good friends that we were so that is Mm -hmm. that's a risk you take and i'm sure there's ways to build in like existing relationships that they have to get out of that mm-hmm. you, know, you know kind of the harry met sally thing or you know something yeah. there's something a lot. or like jobs that are across the country or yeah, yeah. there's all kinds of things you can add intention anywhere you want really or just mm-hmm. layer multiple tropes over top of each other yeah to, to get the, the yep. desired effect yeah um but yeah, I think that's layering trope. Layering tropes is awesome. My best-selling book ever has like seven easily identifiable tropes right at the very top. Hmm. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> it means like people know what they're going to get. They do. They do. Yeah. And I, I keep saying, is it the tropes or is it how I applied them? I don't know what I did right in that book. Which is I which, know which I, book is this? Flirting with the Frenemy is okay. my most popular book. Um, we're approaching like a hundred thousand copies sold or read through Kindle oh, wow. Unlimited. That's so fantastic. It's, yeah, it's been, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So. And we should mention, um, for people who are wanting to pick up one of your books, you do have oh. a BookBub deal going on right now. I do. I have a BookBub deal for 99 cents worldwide for Master Baker and Flirting with the Frenemy and America's Geek Heart, which are books one and two in the Bro Code series, are 99 cents on Kindle Countdown deals in the US and the UK right now. That's fantastic. Yeah, so, so if any people are, how long does it go till? Um, through Tuesday. They okay. should all be on sale through Tuesday. Good. So if people are listening over the weekend, they can grab, mm-hmm. grab one and check out your, your good stuff. Yeah. Um, see, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, the, the genre overall is, is phenomenal. Um, just because there's so many layers to it, to making mm-hmm. it work and being able to analyze what's working, what's hot, what's not. And mm-hmm. then, um, just, you know, playing on this. Um, so there's, there's just tons to talk about. But one of the things I wanted to, to touch on before I lose track of the thought was 
I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your, your pen names. You mentioned earlier on that you have, mm-hmm. you have right under two different names. I do. Um, how did you come up? Because Pippagrant's a great name. Thank how'd you. you. How did you come up with it? What are your thoughts on how to choose a good pen name? Why to pick, choose a pen name? Can you discuss that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I think that pen names, my first advice when you're picking a pen name is to make sure that the website is available. Mm. I went and I looked to see if like firstnamelastname.com was available on so many different pen names and pippagrant.com was available. So it stayed on the, on the, <laughs> on the possibilities list. Okay. Um, I always recommend that you do a heavy Google search on any pen name that you're looking at. Um, I once named a character accidentally after a woman who was being tried for murdering her children in the UK at the time. And my yeah. editor, my editor caught that. And she said, okay. I think you want to change this character's name. And I said, Oh, but that's the same sort of thing that could happen with picking a pen name, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to accidentally have the same pen name as somebody you don't really want to accidentally have the same pen name. Right. <laughs> same yeah. name as <laughs> get all those hits that you really don't want popping up when people search yeah. for you. Um, but then I also think that having it be something that fits the genre you're writing is very important. So like I, I wouldn't have wanted to pick something that was super, like a super dark name, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I wanted something that was light and trendy and fluffy with a first name and something that sounded kind of alpha male-ish with a last name. And I think that's about what we got. Because <laughs> it allowed you some brand. allowed you some branding opportunities too. Because I, I looked at your website and you can use Pippa and Pip in. You've got Everything. a Facebook group. Yes, my Pip Squad and Pip my, squad. my weekly newsletter is called the Pipster Report. And yeah, <laughs> it, it so works really well, and I, I think that's a that was all accidental. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's something that people can think about. Yes, in advance, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, Mark. and you know, naming your groups, naming—I I really believe in naming your newsletter something other than like author newsletter because mm-hmm. I, I think that it helps people know that they're getting. A better experience even if yeah. even if you put the same content in it it takes that branding up a level yeah. to call it something different and being able to give your group a way to self-identify with a name is a really good thing too and thank you jennifer barnes for that tip as well yeah. i heard jennifer barnes speak before i became pippa grant <laughs> and that's, she, that's smart yeah yeah so like plug there again like if you get a chance to listen to jennifer barnes that's that's my advice because i took so much of her advice when i was going through and doing all of this. I hope her book comes out soon. I know it was Me supposed too. to, right? It was supposed to come out this spring sometime. Yeah. And so yeah, Jennifer Lynn Barnes, um, mm-hmm. I you know, if you're listening ever, finish that book. We're, we're ready. We'll give you <laughs> all of so our ready. money. We're <laughs> going to give away so many copies to everybody oh in the whole gosh, wide world because yeah. everyone needs it. Yeah. We're um, taking the book level up here. <laughs> absolutely. Just bringing us all, bring us all mm-hmm. up. Uh, we had a few comments. Andrea uh, says, hi, I finally got in. Hi, Pippa. Hi, Nathan. Um, Martina, Havova McDowell says, hi, Pippa. Aww. She says, if you haven't read any Pippa books yet, I definitely recommend their hilarious, laugh-out-loud rom-coms with a lot of heart, swoon, and love. Aw, thanks, so, Martina. Yeah, that's a great review um, from a reader. Wayne Stinnett had a suggestion for your baseball team, the Slammers. Um, <laughs> that's sure, a good one. Yeah. I'm going to call Wayne mask. next time I need to name, <laughs> name a baseball team. <laughs> yeah. Mine are the Fireballs. Okay. That's so, good too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to need, they have to play other teams. They so, do. They you know, do. You've got to you know, pick up a whole bunch of team names probably mm-hmm. to get the whole league set up. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Andrew says the poster reports are probably pipster reports are really funny. I get loads of newsletters and these are the ones I always read. 
Oh, yay. That makes me so happy. We work really hard. Um, my team helps me put those together. And we do. We work really hard to make sure they're worth opening. Mm-hmm. Um, we send them every Friday. And I really believe reader experience is key for that. I think it's so important that people enjoy what they're reading and they enjoy the whole experience yeah. rather than it just being more like, hey, buy this book. And, you know, mm. it's it's hard too. like when you've got a release coming up. That is the number one most important thing. Um, going on, but we always try to make sure we have character takeovers or recipes or advice columns or something. And I start every one of my newsletters with a true story about yours truly. Yeah. <laughs> because I do some really stupid things and I live with some really funny people. And so my goal is to start everybody's weekend with a smile and I will keep doing that as long as we possibly can. So. I like that you do get pretty personal with your readers. I, I joined your Facebook group and um, saw that you share, you know, pretty personal things in there, you know, about your mm-hmm. kids or whatever. So you're definitely you're confessed not to super dreaming distant. about Justin Timberlake in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know is all part of the brand too, where it's like mm-hmm. you get to air some of these things that are like, you know, I know and this is pretty common. I know Cecilia Mecca has Man Crush Mondays where everyone like mm-hmm. posts up their favorite hunks or whatever, and mm-hmm. you do something similar there where you're you know not bashful about about that sort of thing but that that works right that's it does it does what are some of the things like do's and don'ts you've learned about your newsletter because as a weekly newsletter is a lot that's a lot of content to put out it takes help um my my pa jody is a huge huge help so we will she she keeps me on track like if it wasn't for jody i think my life would fall apart (laughs) (laughs) relying on her pretty hard that's good though yeah no but i think it's I, I think it's really important that I give her credit both because she's amazing and also because people need to know that this is not a one woman show. Like mm-hmm. I cannot possibly do everything that comes out under the Pippa brand all by myself. Yeah. Um, I have um, a branding assistant, Kelly, who helps me to interface with my cover artist and she helps make sure that all my graphics look good and that we're always looking good. She's helped me pick narrators and pick production companies for my audiobooks. Um, Kelly works hard. I've brought in another PA in the last six months who is helping pick up more slack too. And cause there's, there's always, always, yeah. <laughs> always more stuff to do. And the more that my team can take on as far as administrative tasks go, the more time I have to write. And that's the most valuable thing I can give to my readers is the books. How did you find your team? What sort of platforms do you use to recruit them? Total accident. Just mm. like, <laughs> knew the right people at the right time. Um, Kelly came on first. I called her when I started launching Pippa. I knew that she did some PR and branding work for people. And I just wanted to talk to her and see if she thought that the Mr. McCotty book was a viable option. And um, she really believed in it. And she she said it was funny. And that was all I needed to hear. (laughs) I was like, you're hired. You told me it was funny. Um, (laughs) But she brought Lori Jackson on as my cover artist. So Lori does all of my graphics and she and Kelly work together to make sure that all my covers get done and all my teasers get done on time. And then um, about the time I was launching my second book, Jody, my PA, pinged me on Facebook and said, do you mind if I post some stuff in your group and get some reader participation up? And I was like, here are the reins. You may yeah. have them <laughs> and yeah. do what you want. Because I don't, I don't want my group to be the Pippa show. I want it to be a community where people feel like they can come in and meet other people and talk about the books they love. And I can only write so many books. And I mm-hmm. love that my readers read so widely and so many other authors. And I want to celebrate that. And, yeah. you know, after years of 
trying so hard to find an audience for Jamie, for my Jamie Farrell books and only getting so far, I think it's really important to boost other authors too. And so being able to have that platform available where readers are engaged and we have volunteer admins in my group who run everything and they're just, they're amazing. I can disappear for a week or two at a time just to go write and have mm -hmm. some like mental health recovery time and they keep everything going and I adore them. They are so amazing. I think that's huge. When I logged into your group this morning, it had already said, oh, there's been 37 posts today already. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh what I, I haven't put 37 <laughs> posts in my group in this year like how yeah. like so i knew there was yeah. something going on behind the scenes there i'm like this is yeah. this is a well-run operation over here so no, they it, it was it was like some of it was was sheer luck but anyway i hired jody after she started doing some of the things like putting together um facebook parties for launches and i was like do you do admin work and she said yeah yeah, I do. And I was like, you're hired. <laughs> and she's evolved. And so now she takes care of running like my advanced review team. And she makes sure I get the pips to report out. We also put out a weekly newsletter called the Bang and Hot Rom-Com Book Club, where we highlight romantic comedies every week. Um, oh, fun. There's just so much, so much that she does. What that I don't called? think we can The Bang and Hot Rom-Com Book Club. Okay. Where do people find that? Um, there's a Facebook group. No, a Facebook page. There's a Facebook page. Okay book page for the Bangin' Hot Rom-Com book club that I got in the first place because I intended to run Facebook ads off of it and I haven't done that. Hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's an option yeah. at some point in the future. Um, they call them passion pages. You know, I'm passionate about romantic comedies. So that's yeah. where we highlight them. And you can sign up for the newsletter there on the Facebook page. Okay. That's an interesting thing to have, just like sort of a supplemental page that's mm -hmm. not necessarily about you, but it's just about your genre right. in a community-based kind of mm -hmm. theme page. That's yeah. that's clever. Um, mm -hmm. What are some other things that are really working for you in terms of like 2020 marketing? Most of my marketing this year is targeted around writing good books with solid hooks that people will want to write. Because I think given world events this year, it's going to be more important than ever for people to have escapes. And mm. so making sure that I am doing the best thing I can to make the books sell themselves and be recommended by word of mouth is where I'm at, which is, yeah. I'm in a good position to say that because I have a pre-existing fan base that is just amazing. Like they blow me away. I like, I legit, sometimes I look at my, my husband and I'm like, how did this happen? And why did it happen to me? And he's like, cause you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, but no, for real, like a whole yeah. lot of people write really amazing, awesome books. And like, how, how did the audience find me? And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw via your group that you're uh, super active in unicorn politics. That's like your <laughs> primary yes. political stance is that very, is. very pro unicorn. Yes. I'm very and, pro unicorn. Um, I thought that that it is good to have a brand that like you're just constantly injecting rainbows into a space that mm -hmm. can get very dark and it uh, can can get very political and you know yes. it's, it's not um, it's nice to know that there are sites like this where people can just go like all oh, if I come here it's just going to be you know, yeah. fun times. You know, I have calls with Facebook ad reps from time to time. And the mm. last time I, last week I had a call with one and I was like, I need you to promise me that you are not going to let political ads run in my group. And she was like, mm. Oh, I don't know that I can promise you that, but I need to look into this. And I was yeah. like, cause I'm not like, you're going to ruin groups if they're no longer safe spaces for people. And then what's Facebook going to do? So, right. Yeah. What, I don't know. Did they give you an answer on that yet? No, she didn't have any insight yet. She said she needed a check. 
with her higher ups and her network inside Facebook and ask if they knew what was going on with advertising inside groups. So, yeah, that's an interesting question because if you're trying yeah. to create an enclave of, you know, yes. fluffy, you know, good stuff, a place in there. to escape. Yeah, yeah I mean, we need a safe space, right? We, we need that. It, like, it's I legit think it's good for our mental health. Mm -hmm. um, I like to tell we my husband and I went out to dinner with his old boss the other night and he was like, do people give you crap for writing romance novels? And I said, yeah, they do mm -hmm. sometimes. And when they yeah. do, I look at them and say, oh, have you helped people get through cancer treatments like mm -hmm. Julia Quinn has when like she gets all these letters saying, oh, my yeah. gosh, I read your books and they just help take like they help me get through. And like, have you helped people by like bringing a smile to their face on a bad day or helped yeah. them when they were struggling with their depression? And he was like, oh. You hit hard. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, it's funny because romance novels get mocked so much for being light and fluffy, but I think that's so necessary in a world yeah. that can just weigh you down to have that happy space. And so yeah. whether it's the books or the group or whatever, like my goal is happiness. Yeah. <laughs> so. And why not? I mean, like you do, mm -hmm. you do such a good job too, like with your hooks. I mean, I found myself going down a rabbit hole just reading all your blurbs. Today. I, mean, I don't even read romance, but mm -hmm. I was just like, well, this sounds fun. This one's fun too. And yeah. it was just like, you know, I read, you know, I didn't read to read all those blurbs, but I did because <laughs> it, I was having a good time. So, yep. you know, like that superseded whatever else I needed to be doing. So it was just mm -hmm. like, well, this is fun. Let's just Aww, keep doing this a little you. Longer, you know? Yeah. So, um, no, there's, there's, yeah, obviously like people should, yeah, it does, romance does get some crap sometimes for it does, for, um, and you know all kinds of romance are important, like the super yeah. sexy kinds and the erotic kinds and the and the um, clean romance as they call it, mm -hmm. where there's no sex at all, mm -hmm. and like all of it. Like there's yeah. an audience for everything, and I think that whatever touches the individual readers is what we need to be. And I would rather celebrate mm -hmm. that people are reading than mock them for their choices and what they read. So. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's such a good point just to like step back, see the big picture. Hey, there's a mm -hmm. bunch of people reading books instead of like being yeah. on social media doing something else, doing some nonsense, you know, like mm -hmm. trolling people. Um, <laughs> why don't we just all go read? And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And like, I, I admire what you're doing and being able to engage in a focused way because I've been sort of retreating from social media myself, which is hard to do. You can't do that as an mm -hmm. author. Like you have to kind mm -hmm. of get back in there and engage. Um, yeah. But, you know, like for the last few months, I've been just been like off Facebook for the most part other than doing these these shows and stuff. And uh, it's been good for my mental health. Yes. Um, fantastic to just not be picking up the phone in the morning just to doing other things. However, mm -hmm. there's also like when you have something really good like yeah. this that you can offer the world. Mm -hmm. um, there's That's almost... where I'm so, so grateful for my admins who keep things going. Yeah. And they're all volunteer. I send them presents because I owe them presents, actually. If, if you guys are watching, shh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. It's a but surprise. I do. Yeah, they volunteer. They say they love it. I love them. I adore them. They are amazing. And it, it takes a village to run an author page. Yeah. <laughs> to, to I believe it. To run an author business. <laughs> um, Andrea says, I need to dip my toe in the romance genre. Go, oh. go read. Um, I, I, I am wanting to read more romance just because it is such an interesting genre. My wife's wanting mm -hmm. me to read romance. My wife wants me to write romance, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to get there. But mm -hmm. I am going to um, try to add more into my books. But it's just such a good part of our human nature, too. Mm -hmm. Just desire I would love much and... rather celebrate like love than celebrate murders. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if like, you're going to build a, a brand spy thrillers too, but like yeah. all the people who read spy thrillers aren't out there being spies in thrillers. So. True. <laughs> True. 
Yeah. <gasps> Not that we're all alpha billionaires either, but I um, know <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> there's, there, I was thinking about that as I was driving home from lunch, and I was like trying to think about all the different billionaire professions or like the uh, the alpha professions. I'm like, there's not like mm-hmm. alpha accountants or anything. Like, it's, I was, there's, I was thinking of like the opposite of the alpha. Like, what? I feel like this is a challenge. Like, my next hero needs okay. to be an accountant who's super alpha for some. I want reason. an alpha undertaker. Okay, that's your challenge. <laughs> See if you can make that sexy. And then we'll, you know. Challenge accepted. <laughs> we will be back here in a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> or more. It might take a while on that one. <laughs> you just keep coming back. I'll throw some hard pitches, some curveballs at you. See what you can do. You know, um, Kristen Higgins wrote a book about a heroine who grew up in a morgue. Her her oh, parents right. ran a funeral funeral par- it parlor. It for my girl, right? So mm-hmm. it has to, you know, it's not impossible. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Absolutely. Besides hockey players, what are, who are your favorite uh, occupations for to have your and, and oh, I think for it's heroes? Marines and SEALs and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for a good military hero. That that might be you know based on real life. Um, right. I like I actually I really enjoy the real like down to earth characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my favorites at the moment is the the boy band series. I for like. It was probably five years ago that I first had the idea to write a series about a boy band like 10 years later um, because there was a, a goof. It was like a, a spoof letter going around saying that Joey Fatone from was he in NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? One of those going to get okay. in trouble and out yeah. myself here is like not nearly as obsessed with boy bands <laughs> as I pretend I am. I do love boy band songs. I just can't tell them apart. Yeah. Um, but he wrote a letter to some boy band that broke up saying the best days of your life are over. You're going to be like shilling diarrhea medication on late night TV before you know it. And it was so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, Oh, I need to write a boy band like 10 years later. And it's a good thing that I didn't do it at the time because they would have been total losers and now they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm enjoying digging into my, my boy band in their neighborhood, their whole like, tight-knit like extended family neighborhood and yeah that's my bro code series i'm enjoying them bro code series okay yeah Yeah. that's just a fun premise like you just you have just some clever premises like your hooks like where you start with your hooks are are fantastic Mm -hmm. because it's like it just begs the question oh yeah well what oh i can't i can't talk about it yet but i can't wait to talk about my baseball book that i'm writing right now it has probably my favorite hook in the history of all the hooks that i've ever written I know I'm horrible. Like I'm telling you that I want to tell you this, and I can't tell yeah. you this because it's yeah. it's a secret for now. Maybe, maybe I'll get it out of you after we go live. After finish going live, <laughs> you probably get it out. Of you. <laughs> now I'm like super I'm make you sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, not a problem. I'm good with secrets. Um, yeah. Well, I think that I think that's just really cool. And I did notice that you do give your guys a soft side too, like bakers, like, and yes. you've got people who. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the best? What do you think are the best traits for soft sides? Um, I think they need to have that. I want to say that alphaness in their heart. We're just like that, that utter, like, I I will protect this woman till the day I die from Mm -hmm. not, not from physical danger necessarily, but from like emotional and mental harm. Um, Like my most popular hero, like fan favorite, I would say is Aries Berger. He's like, this six foot nine, 350 pound hockey player. So he's very, very alpha, but he only speaks in grunt. So on the surface, he appears to be like a very dumb man. Um, But once you get into, into his mind and you realize like he has such a big heart and he's Mm -hmm. under, he's, he's not, he's misunderstood 
And he lets it happen intentionally. And I think that it's that, it's that inner working, I think that really, that I love. And now I don't think I answered your question fully at all. No, but that's a great, that is though, that's a great inside (laughs) hook where like only the woman who really loves him is going to understand him and it's going to be kind of like secret of what he's really like. Yeah. And it's like extra special because she's the only one who gets it. And I think that's one of the the hooks of the alpha character is that it's only his woman who gets mm. to see his soft side. He's like alpha in the streets and beta for her is how I've heard that explained too. It's where total yeah. marshmallow for her so that's a good way to put it mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's that's excellent um tim hoot says hi as well he says oh hi tim <laughs> um <laughs> part of the club um yeah no i think that's really interesting because I, I i was wondering about because I, I heard your guys's interview there was the four of you were inter- interviewed with yes. james blotch and um yeah. you were all that's talking about a great about project your, i love billionaires. that and it's like, mm-hmm. you have to find someone who could match up against the strength of yes. this female billionaire. Yes. What was your solution? Who was your hero for that one? My hero was a retired Marine. So okay. he had just retired and he was about as soft as you can get. Um, like his whole goal was he wanted to be, he wanted a family. He wanted to settle down and have a family now mm-hmm. that he was done with the military. And yeah. so he did have the, um, the exterior toughness. I mean, he's a, he's a retired Marine. He can, he can take care of whatever needs taken care of. Um, but his, like the one thing that he wanted more than anything was love. And that's the one thing that Daisy, my heroine felt like she had been denied her whole, her whole life was love because her family, she was the one of the four lady billionaires who had inherited most of her money. And so she felt like her, her self-worth was tied to how much money she could make from her family's business. Mm. And, she was the party girl. Yeah. I made her accidentally inherit a baby. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I read the part. I'm like, where is this one going to go? <laughs> and she was happy about the baby awesome. part, but she wasn't happy about yeah. the guy part. So she no. was like, that was the main conflict. Well, yeah. I mean, she only dated guys who lived overseas because then they couldn't come stalk her. <laughs> Clever solution. It's like, unless I get on my private jet and come see you, you don't get yes. to see me. Kind of thing. Yes. She'd lie to him about who she was. She was awesome. Like, yeah. she was living her best life. <laughs> Hopefully she still is. You know? She still is. It's like yeah. an even better best life now. <laughs> yeah. That's fun, though. That's fun when you can have a character who transitions from something awesome to something just even more awesome. Yeah. In a different form. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. has some growth. Um, I, think, I think it's a blast all of your all of your books sound amazing so thank like you said, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna probably swing by your your deal and pick up a couple deals late, right after this and just you sweet know, just to just to learn some things about your your characters and your writing because who doesn't need a, a laugh and yeah you know, um yeah. fun characters so um i know we blazed well past our our half hour um as you know, it's like these are the good episodes honestly the ones where you know if i, if I awesome. don't watch the clock then it's we're having a good time good um, thank you so much for taking the time to, I know you have Absolutely. a busy schedule to come and say hi and hang out with us. This is, this has been so much thank fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, everyone who's watching, listening, if you want to learn more about Pippa Grant, of course, pippagrant.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the other best places to find you besides your website? Um, the, I hang out most on social media and Facebook. I have a group, the Pip Squad that I pop into. I almost never post on my personal page, my personal okay. profile. I do all my interacting in the Pip Squad. We have fun in there. Okay. And there's links to the, to that from the website too. So people yes. definitely check out pipgrant.com. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for everyone who commented and, um, 
and ask questions and, and said hi. And if you have future questions, feel free to throw them up in the comments. We'll we'll try to do what we can there. Uh, but Absolutely. thank thank you everyone for listening and for watching. Pippa, thank you so much for being a guest. I hope to have you mm-hmm. on again sometime in the future. Maybe once your once your uh, baseball uh, series once I can comes talk out, about it. Yeah, we can <laughs> we can fill people in next uh, yeah. next time. Awesome. But yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. So long. Have a good weekend.